Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, the place where men talk about stuff men don't talk about. And um, we're really grateful here today. Uh, Jordan is with me here and... We're happy to have a friend on the phone with us here today, Elston, who I know um, through a connection we have uh, with the Wetterling case. And so we're, we're really grateful to hear from him, hear a little bit of his story. And so I'm going to turn it over to him. Elston, it's good to see, good to see you. Good to hear you. And, uh, good, to hear, good to hear from you. Yeah, excellent. So um, why don't you just kick us off and um, we'll chime in when, when we feel the, the spirit move us. Right on. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where should I start. You've got a you've got a pretty powerful story, and and we'd like to just have you kick it off with that. Sure. Well, I am 47, and I grew up. You know, I was born in '72. I grew up in the '70s and '80s, and um, I have have had have I have an older brother. I think he's six or seven years older than me. And he sexually abused me. I'm not sure when I, when it started, uh, we shared a room together. My guess is when I was about four or five, um, started happening. And I, I think it ended when I was around nine, maybe. Cause he, he, um, he moved out of the house. I grew up in a small town, Cambridge, Minnesota, uh, in like farming community. It's a lot bigger now, but back then it was just like a one block main street sort of town. Um, and I, I was very isolated. I, my, at the time my parents were together, they divorced later on when I was like 24 ish. Um, and I have an older sister who's a couple of years older than me too. Um, but my grandmother actually lived down the dirt road. We owned a lot of farmland. My, my dad was an electrician and my mother became an LPN. Um, so we rented our land to farmers and I grew up working on farms and stuff. And, um, and my godparents lived in the house uh, south of us my grandmother lived in the house north of us okay so family is all right around there um and yeah yeah yep. so, i mean that's that was 
it was all family. It yeah. was all like, oh, my dad's cousin owns this farm here and blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, I had, I had one friend that was about a mile away, but I, I didn't see him that often. Okay. Who was my age. I, but we, there was no one. There, I had my grandmother who was extremely important to me. And um, so I literally grew up at her house probably, okay. I would say. So um, um, first of all, uh, I'm going to just pipe in here a little bit. Um, first of all, thanks for your courage and, and coming on the show for us. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah. And, and uh, I never... You know, I never would have um, asked you if I didn't know you'd you'd do it for us, of course. But um, but but we do yeah. really appreciate your courage. We grew up in a similar t- situation in central Minnesota. With you know, everybody's kind of right around there. Um, who did you turn to? How did this? How did this come out? How did the? Uh, you have an interesting story of how you realized what had happened to you. Yeah. Well, there was. I didn't turn to anyone because because there was there was no reason to. I'm talking about like at the time, right? Because what I think when you're put in a situation like that, you know, my brother was in his early teens, mid teens. Um, for a for a six or seven year old or whatever, it's it's like playing baseball. It's like it's like it, it was normal, you know. So you get used to this, um, this act, you know, several acts and it it just becomes normal. Right. I think like at the time, you know, my brother for a long time convinced me I was adopted, you know, which I later learned why he would do something like that. Um, but I had, you know, there was, I turned to my brother is probably who I turned to. Yeah. Because, you know, he, uh, you know, it's being manipulated on top of things. So, um, yeah, absolutely. But I, I don't think I wanted to turn to anyone. There was yeah. no reason to, because doing that stuff was like normal. So why, you know, why would you, why would you do that? I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. So at the time you don't know that any, that, 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 that is ever, you don't know that there's something wrong with that. Right. No, not at all. I mean, I I think like you know we can talk about this more, but I think it's like you want to be part of it, right? Yeah, because it's it's such a you know deep feeling of being accepted. Absolutely. So it it didn't it didn't it started you know late, much later on. I think when I was kind of coming of age and being sexual, like in my late teens or whatever, like I didn't you know I don't probably no teenager knows how to have a relationship, but I, I definitely wasn't good at it. I wasn't abusive at all, but I like, it was really, I didn't know how to handle a lot of situations. And so yeah, I don't Yeah, it's, I forgot what the question was, sorry. Well, no, you, I, th- I think you answered it in saying that it was this level of acceptance. And I, I would chime in too, just from my own experience is that, when that abuse is happening, uh, there's this, I, and maybe you can chime in too, but there's this feeling of security 
not safety, but you know what you know what to expect when that's happening. You know what's you know what's going on. It's just known. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's it's not good, but it's comfortable. You know what to expect. You know what's happening, and you know that that um, at least in that time period, um, where that person is and what's going to happen. Um, at, at least that was my experience. Like at least I know what's yeah. coming. You know. So. Yeah, and I think for abuse survivors, like a lot of them, it's hard for people. You know what we say, like normal people. It's I think it's hard for people to comprehend that. As far as like that, that's your that's where you, you know you kind of feel safe. Right. I, I think you could say that for um, you know a, a other a, abuse victims. You know wives that are beaten by their husbands or something like that like it's hard it's hard to get out of that yes absolutely yes but and you know like having your brother drink your his urine i mean like how can you comprehend that being normal it's really like i mean there's so many things that happened to me but looking back on it it's like what the fuck like you know how couldn't my parents have known or how couldn't someone have seen this because like we both have kids and you know you know when something's wrong with your kid right and and like but we have to like think you know if anyone's listening to this who's in their 40s or whatever like the 70s were a really different time especially in a really small town that's an analogy i can come up with is that um that opening scene in spotlight which i think is an incredible movie but that the scene in spotlight where i wasn't abused by priests but it's that mentality of like okay you know like it happened blah 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 and we're just gonna keep quiet about it and everyone's gonna go home right you know billy will be billy will be fine because that's what boys do or you know like it's not a girl you know it I think people have, um, what am I trying to say? I get, it, it's, it's different when it's kind of adult on boy or boy on boy, or, you know, I think there's still this weird stigma or something. Um, well, so yeah, it, it's interesting. It's interesting because as you, as you're saying these things, I'm just sitting here thinking, Okay, I guess I don't need to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah, just call you and let you go because um, you're you're just as you're saying this, I'm feeling all of that. It's I mean, it's it's hard to describe, and you just described it, and you know, it's it's that that's the thing is it's really hard to it's it's hard to like verbalize it because it's it's a feeling. It's like this emotion it's hard to put into words and especially when you don't remember a lot of it, but it happened, you know, and right. for me, it happened so much. It wasn't like it was different, you know, than Jared, you know, was attacked with a gun on his head. You know, right. That's extremely traumatic. So it was like a, a kind of a different kind of a grooming type of abuse. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not, not one is worse than the other. I don't, yeah, they're both horrible. So, yeah, they really are. I think I, I think for me though, like it the, the 
difference might be where there's not one memory of like this horrible event. There's just, it happened so much. And my brother, when I confronted him, like much later on, first he denied it. And then like kind of years went by and then I had kids and that's what just completely fucked me up because it's like, and which I learned later, that's normal. Like after you have kids, um, the stuff kind of, I started to get more visuals of what happened. So I confronted my brother and he told me things that I didn't even remember that he used to do to me. And it made sense of why like, oh, so, you know, that's probably why I feel like this when I go, why I don't go to gyms. I don't like being around, you know, there's so many things. It's hard to, it's yeah. hard to condense. Well, we, I guess. We, I don't know. we get it. I mean, Jordan's sitting yeah. here with me nodding. We're, we're, like, we're nodding. Yeah. 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 I mean, these are, this is, this is the pattern. This is, and you know, just to back up here a little bit, you mentioned years later and, and what I want, I want you to just take a couple minutes and tell us how old were you when this all came out? Like you, you started to have these memories. What are we talking? Yeah. How, how, how much later? Right. Um, I think I started to maybe realize something wrong happened and like maybe around 19 or 20, but I, I didn't, I was actually like kind of friends with my brother, I guess. Part of the story is um, my brother was arrested when he was 15, not for me, but he, um, and I found this out, like I found some paperwork around like 2001 or so in, in like a filing cabinet at my dad's house. My brother was arrested when he was 15. He went to the local Cambridge library and he um, sat down and there's all these kids at desks and stuff. Um, tables and he wrote what he wanted to do to the boy like what he was what he was going to do to him sexually and he wrote it on a piece of paper and then he slipped that when the boy got up to go check out a record you know back when you used to check yeah, right go check out like, a record and put your headphones on <laughs> yeah 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 exactly um so when the boy got up to go do something he would slip the note into the book and then he would go sit down and then he would wait and watch the boy and wait until he opened the book and read the letter and saw his reaction and that that's like how he got off kind wow. of that, yeah i mean that was one of the things i should say but it was just this like to be able to control somebody and put fear into them and anyways he got caught for that and he moved out of the house to go work on a dairy farm near us when he was 15. And it literally just like a few years ago, I put it together like, oh my God, I bet like he got moved out of my room, out of the house when he was 15 because of that incident, because he got arrested. My parents probably didn't know what to do with him at that point, because I think the biggest fear for my parents um, was for them to find out that they had a gay son. It wasn't like what was happening to me, you know, I, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure they wanted that may have been the last straw or something, but he also got in trouble for sexually abusing a boy. We used to take these like 
pottery classes. We'd walk down the train tracks for a mile and go to this uh, woman's house who had a, like a kiln. And, um, I was, it was kind of this chicken farm thing. And anyways, he, uh, I don't think he got arrested for that, but he definitely got in trouble around that time as well. So I don't, I don't think they knew what to do with him. Um, but as far as me finding out, like when things kind of came up, it was really like in the late nineties, I guess. And it, it took me forever to piece together, like why, why I act certain ways when I'm in certain situations, like what, how do I just shut, shut down? And, but it was, yeah, after I had kids, I just, I lost it. I was a mess and it wasn't, I was fearing I would do something to my kids because I've like, I've never abused a child. I never would, but it was that sense of, you know, they're vulnerable. Yes. So it's like, and I have to protect them. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you're speaking so, that part because that's a that's a common, you know, as Chris and I are nodding over here, I mean, that that's such a common thing I know that I see a lot of times in practice is that that usually is the time where people start remembering what happened to them is usually when they've had kids because it kind of puts you back in that seeing, like seeing a kid uh, that's like, here's this vulnerable, innocent kid. What, you know. Yeah, what here's you right. in a small form. Right. 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 So what... Uh, what we're, what I'd like to do if if you have a few minutes here, Elston, I'd like to um, yeah, I'd like to stop this episode and and we'll, we're going to do a part two and we're we're going to pick up at that adult place and then if you can stay with us, we'd like to hear about how things are are now. Does that work for you? Yeah, no problem. All right, sounds good. Thank you, everybody. We're going to come back here and shoot episode two with our special guest here. So join us again. Thank you. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience, LLC, for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand that there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.